there. Spooky people. Hello, hello. I feel like it's already Halloween again. Uh, I, you know what? Every day is Halloween. Here are two girls, one ghost. So true. You know what else I love is that you and I are both in L.A. and we're only like a mile apart and yet we're still recording over video. Well, you are very allergic to my cat. So yeah, and I it's pointless to make you come all the way to the airport hotel just to record. Yeah, it's far, especially because I came from Burbank. And it's yeah, it's too far for how late it is at night It is, but it's the spooky hour. Spooky hour. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. What's up? What's up? And I'm Sabrina. And, and my car driving mileage just reached 66,666. Did you take a picture? No, I missed it. And so I wasn't able to do it. Shoot. I remember the moment I reached when I had my very, very first car that was new off of the lot. I remember I stopped when it hit one, two, three, four and took a photo. Oh, amazing. I wish I had. I need to, next time I'm in my car, I'm going to pay closer attention to this. This is important news. It really is. And I also like, I feel like that makes me a great car owner. You know, I've had it for a long time. You have, and you drive so far every single day. I do. But soon to not drive quite as far. Yes, I know. I just got a new place. Just fresh from signing your lease. Hell yeah. Straight to the recording. Hmm. Wow. I can't really picture you being anywhere than where you are because you've been in that apartment for what, three years, four years? I think four years. Four years. Wow. Because we've been out of college for how long? So long. Too long. I The other day I was like, two years. And no, it's been much longer than that. It's been like six years and I'm nervous. It's been a while. It's enough where I don't get ID'd ever anymore. And so I bought retinol cream. Oh, what does that do? It's supposed to make your cells regenerate, I believe. So so a, I guess maybe like puffier, smoother, less wrinkled face. Oh, maybe I should do that. Yeah. No, I, I bought it. I bought the one on Amazon. I had the most amount of reviews and people were posting pictures. Will you send it to me? I will. I will. I think that I already have seen an improvement, though I'm not sure if that's just wishful thinking. I've only been putting it on for a few weeks. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to start doing that. And then you and I are going to be ageless AF and people are going to be like confused. Like, what the heck? Did you freeze time? Are you from the past? What happened? Where? It's the skeleton key. We stole people's souls and bodies. (laughs) Um, You know what else I I did? And I have seen absolutely no improvement on this, so I think I'm just effed. But our dear friend, Anna Nina, has the most amazing eyebrows. She really does. Yes. And she grew them out. They were much, much thinner before, and she put castor oil on her eyebrows. And she told me, she was like, it takes a year of commitment. Like, your eyebrows are going to look really, really, like, (sighs) going to go through periods of looking quite awful for, like, a year. But the (laughs) reward at the end is so worth it. And so I've been putting castor oil on same amount of time as retinol, so only a few weeks. But I've seen absolutely zero improvement there. Okay, I did a very similar thing. One thing that helped me a lot was using one of those eyelash brushes and using that on my eyebrows to like rub the oil into my eyebrows. That's what I have. But it takes time. It's, you said you've only been doing it for a week? I just want to be beautiful now. Corinne, you are gorgeous. Yeah, but I want to be the new version. Like, Sabrina got new Sabrina this year, and I want new Corinne. I got new Sabrina by going to Harry Potter, so I think maybe that's what you got to do. I'm trying to be cheaper and just buy retinol cream and castor oil, so instead of like a $200 (laughs) new Corinne, I'm going to be like a $30 new Corinne. Well, there you go. That's amazing. Budget Corinne is here to stay. We're new every single day because we're always changing. Right. True. And our skin sheds and we just basically are leaving a trail of dead skin cells behind us. And so we're always new. Yeah. yeah. While also always getting closer to death. Oh, yes. That's kind of a dark thought. But like as much as we might feel new and certain things might feel new in our life and on our body and everything really we're just aging yeah but that's part of life and if we didn't do that i'd be concerned i know i'm actually excited to be 
like when I'm older to have like the f- go fully like silver or like I really hope I go completely white hair and just have really, really long white hair down to my ankles. Oh my gosh, you're totally going to be that like old witch from Hansel and Gretel oh, in the woods. for sure. I'm going to keep it in a top knot. And so my grandkids are going to be like, why does grandma always wear a top knot? And then one day they're going to catch me in the hallway in the middle of the night when they go to grab a glass of water and be like, because ah! my hair is going to be down to my ankles and it's going to be magnificent. That's scary. I thought you were going to say like similar to the ribbon, like if you take your hair out of the bun, your head falls off. Nope, just creep them out. I hope my head doesn't fall off, though it might with the weight of this bun yeah. if, I weigh, if I have hair down to my ankles. Good. You're going to be a little like top heavy Ooh. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That seems just like hard to maintain. Like, how do you brush that? You're going to need your grandkids to help brush it. Oh, my gosh. They're going to play hide and seek and they're going to hide under your hair and you're not going to even know where they are. I could just naturally be cousin it if my hair yeah. were that long. That'd be awesome. That's a good Halloween costume. Hmm. Ideas for the future. Writing this down. Today at work, I showed my coworkers your Halloween costumes and everyone's like, wow, that's so legit. Oh my gosh. Blessed. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. I tried. Although I always feel pressure every single year to come up with something good again. See, just do what I did and just like not dress up because you don't have time and then whatever. But I I did two costumes for you. That's true. You did make up for my my lack thereof. Because it wouldn't be a Halloween if one of us didn't dress up. This is the first Halloween we had where we were apart as well. I know. That's why I couldn't dress up because I couldn't bring myself to celebrate without you. You were heartbroken and I was, I took the opposite. I did retail therapy and just went out and sourced and purchased items for my new costumes. (laughs) I just couldn't stop. I think I was in bed by like 8 p.m. on Halloween this year and it was glorious. It was so nice. What a glorious morning. Glorious. Makes me sick. Wow, we've just become old witches. I think that's what we've decided this episode is that we are grumpy old witches who are going to haunt the forest for years to come. Here we are to tell you listener stories, so let's get all up in it. All up in it. I'm already scared. I'm already going to have to continue watching Queer Eye after this. Well, great. So should I just start it off? Yes. Okay. This is from Emily. She says, finding coins and the story of why I'm afraid of graveyards. Ooh. Hi, all. I've been planning on writing to you guys about my experience with a demon, but something happened in my life recently that I feel is more important to share with you all. My dad passed away unexpectedly in a single vehicle motorcycle accident on July 24th. My mom and I are heartbroken. My parents just celebrated their 29th anniversary and were the perfect example of soulmates. His birthday also happens to be August 8th, which is two weeks after his death. But since my dad's death, I've been finding coins all over the place. I remembered you guys talking about how loved ones that pass away like leaving coins around for their loved ones to find, and it's really helping a lot. I have two experiences I think you should know about because they made me cry when they were found. First, my dad never carried change in his pockets. It drove him crazy. So every chance he got to take out change, he did. He would leave it in the console of his truck, a cup in the bathroom, or an empty bottle in the bedroom. So when my mom and I were giving the funeral director the clothing we wanted my dad to wear, the director ended up going through the pockets of my dad's jeans that my mom randomly grabbed. She, the funeral director, found 23 cents. We find this crazy because of a psalm Mainly read for funerals is Psalm 23. The verse that most people remember from it is verse 4. Even when I walk in the valley of darkness, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The second story is the night of his death. My mom and I couldn't sleep, so we just cleaned the house. I was folding up some blankets that were on his chair, and I just set them back folded onto his chair. And a few days later, when my cousin was spending the night with me, I grabbed those blankets, and on the seat of his chair was a dime. I just started crying because I knew it was from him. My dad was also a jokester, and he is the main reason why I'm afraid of graveyards. When I was younger and was watching Are You Afraid of the Dark, even at a young age, I loved scary things. This particular episode was about a kid playing with the other neighborhood kids. The neighborhood kids decided to play hide-and-go-seek in the graveyard. Anyway, this spooked me out, and I told my dad, and he kind of laughed it off. A few weeks later, we are up north, heading from my aunt's house to my grandparents' house after dinner, 
taking gravel back roads. Halfway back to my grandparents' house, my dad decided he has to go to the bathroom. So he pulls over right next to a graveyard and mentioned it to me before he got out. So he's out there doing his thing, and all of a sudden, he comes running back into the truck screaming, Something is coming out of the graves! <laughs> he throws the truck into gear, and he hits the gas. We aren't going anywhere. I start screaming my head off, and he's screaming, Oh no, oh no, they got a hold of us! And finally, he drives away, and he and my mom are laughing while I'm screaming. Ah! I found out later that he was cool. stepping on the gas and the brake at the same time. <laughs> Now, anytime we've passed that graveyard, even on times I've suggested it, I start laughing nervously and saying, never mind, let's just go. So that's the story of why I'm afraid of graveyards, especially a small little graveyard that has maybe 60 graves that's out in the middle of nowhere. Thank you for reading. I absolutely love your podcast and it's helping me through this difficult time. See you on the other side, Emily. Oh my gosh. Oh, what an awful thing to lose someone so close to you to ever lose a loved one. But to just have those awesome, funny, goofy, mm-hmm. kind of scary and creepy memories of yeah. your loved one, of your dad, is just so special. And then to know, especially by the loose change, like the fact that he never wanted loose change in his pockets. Yeah. And yet she would find, they would find the change here and there. It, it was a wonderful way, an easier way for him to communicate with them. I agree. I think it's also just so special that going off what you said is that like our loved ones are never really gone as long as we are remembering them with the fond memories we had with them and the fun times we shared with them. And, you know, they'll make themselves known to you when you need them most, which I think is very important and special to keep in mind. Oh, now I'm going to start. I have a stack of pennies. Um, on my dresser at home and I wonder if they're still there. Ooh. I guess I'll see when I return to Boston. Yes, yes. You'll have to keep us updated. Yes. Okay, I have a listener story from Matthew. It's called Lifelong Investigation. Hello, ghastly ghouls and ghoulettes. I hope you like my story. I've always had unexplained experiences from Coke cans flying across my room to hearing noises in the night. But at some point in my childhood, unexplained occurrences turned into imagination. Or so I thought. They say memory is altered and disfigured after just a year, but there was one encounter in my life that I've always believed was a dream. I actually had no recollection of this event until a couple of years ago when I remembered it as I woke up one morning. Before I go into the story, let me tell you about a recent incident to build some credit. Hmm. (laughs) I love this. Over the past weekend, I decided to go on a couple investigations. It was Friday the 13th and a full moon, so seemed like a prime opportunity. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. With some 10 friends, I went to a local spook spot called Witch's Circle. That was a short trip interrupted by a drunk old man honking our car horn (laughs) and later holding us at gunpoint until we decided to leave. Don't worry. We had one, too. Winky face. Madness. Where where is this? That is what I want to (laughs) know. After that experience, I took my girlfriend Brooklyn home. She had her fill of fear for the night. I guess I was talking to the gunman a little too long for comfort. I don't blame her. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I can't believe anyone would be able to go on after that. I'd be terrified. Our next location was the Lions Club Park, which I had lived near since I was five. I'm not afraid of the dark. The house at night terrified me, though. From knocks to footsteps, the house always had activity. Being so close to home, I felt I wasn't getting enough action at the park, just an orb or two in most pictures, and that wasn't enough evidence for me. I pulled out my handy-dandy ghost hunting app to help locate and contact the Hoogies ghosts. Ooh. I had intelligent responses from the app like, investigate, as we walked around. I filled in my friends about how Native Americans had been murdered in the park after a dispute about a treaty. And as I was talking about this, the app lit up and said, inform. So I was sure that there was a ghost friend present. Knowing that the spirit was powerful, I began to provoke it Mm -mm. and had my friends chanting along, you aren't powerful enough to show yourself. (gasps) Oh, no. And can't even move anything. Oh, my God. This is terrifying me. 
this is so terrifying. I don't even want to repeat these things because what if something's in the hotel room with and me? And you're taunt it thinks you're taunting it instead of talking to I'm me. I'm not taunting you. I swear I'm just re- <laughs> rereading an email. Um, and also say something. You're just energy. You aren't even in our physical <laughs> world. I'm not sure what else my friends were saying, but I know it probably wasn't PG. We went on to take pictures and had one light humanoid figure with morphed arms and a body. He looked like a balloon animal. Two other pictures had a dark mass that moved along the ground. No, that's so scary. (sighs) Hell no. Before I dropped off Brooklyn, I told her, if you get scared or anything happens, call me and I'll rush home. And she told me, don't worry about it. Have fun with your friends. And I didn't think it would come to this. The first call I got was from Brooklyn telling me about the Xbox controller. The day before, I couldn't find it and I had flipped the house upside down looking for it and we never found it. But when she went home, it had appeared on the couch, which was strange because it wasn't there when she came home before and after she walked into the kitchen, it appeared directly where I had been sitting. The next call I got was about the power shutting off at the house. I later confirmed this because the clocks needed a reset and Brooklyn proclaimed that it was only our house and that she looked out at all of the neighbors and everyone else had electricity. And the third and final call was very frantic. She was saying that when she sneezed, someone replied with, bless you. Oh, my gosh. And we live alone. Oh, my gosh. After every call, I offered to come home, although she wanted me to continue my investigation with my friends. (laughs) I would have been like, no, come pick me up now. Yeah, that was the end of it. Or I thought Saturday we continued our investigation only to be concluded by an offer to go drink. The only paranormal experience I've had was at home hearing knocks before I fell asleep. Sunday, I thought everything was over, but to my surprise, the spirit got bored. My girlfriend has an eye home that she had been gifted by an ex-boyfriend. Me being a young, spirited scientist, I knew that it had a good amount of negative energy attached to it. Being around 8 p.m., the speaker would chime as it was turned on. Although no lights came upon the speaker, it would continue to randomly chime until we fell asleep. Then comes three o'clock that night or the next morning, and I was woken up by the same chime over and over as I was trying to fall asleep, and it would keep chiming. It would chime again. And around four, I was quite comfortable with the fact that this ghost wanted me to be tired for work tomorrow and completely ignored the chime, but I woke again, not to the chime, but to knocking, loud knocking. I quickly ignored it and heard my cabinet start slamming. Brooklyn, claiming that she was a late sleeper, wasn't phased the entire night, except turning the thermostat up. That was the end of that for the week. And finally, the experience I'd mentioned in the beginning of this email, I don't remember my age or where I was. Some house in downtown Muncie, Muncie? I don't know with my dad visiting his friends that night. They had kids a little older than me, and I was alone most of my visit. Since I had gotten there, I had this really oppressing feeling overcome me, but it was subdued. I don't remember much more, but I do remember chasing a shadow around the house, Mm. starting from the corner of the living room, shooting up the wall and across the ceiling. I thought it was a fun game, and I was pretty bored and young. It was shadow tag, But as time went on, I believe I angered the spirit and it showed itself to me. I don't remember what it looked like, but let's just go with the close up of a butterfly butterfly on SpongeBob. You know the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a good visual. If anyone does, it's Corinne. (laughs) I quickly got my dad's attention and I went into the other room. It targeted me and attempted to possess me, but I believe that I don't actually remember the process. The only thing I remember is denying that it could kill us. And then I suddenly snapped back to it. My body acting on its own. I jumped up in front of the little girl standing next to me. And then I have this short memory of going through the door as my dad is holding me sobbing. I believe that this is where I got the scars on my wrist and on my legs. I asked my parents and siblings about these scars, but I've waited too long and they're barely recognizable. They all said that they don't know or to ask someone else. I remember in middle school being asked why I had cut myself, but I never did. And the memory of said event never came to mind until I turned 17. I sometimes feel an ominous feeling when I close my eyes. 
And if I focus on looking around, I've even seen this single bright green eye. Thanks for reading. I hope you two have a good night. Don't let the hoogies bite. Matthew. Wow, Matthew. It sounds like you're taunting. You're playing a little dangerous. I know. So- sounds like you went out hunting for the ghosts and then some of them decided to stick around. Though it's really interesting that he had this experience as a child where he was basically like at someone else's house and was kind of playing, interacting with these ghosts, not really maybe understanding what exactly he was saying, this like shadow figure while he was left alone and bored and not playing with other kids. And I'm so curious about what had happened in between the time when he kind of like blacked out and coming back to and and being on his feet and like bleeding and his dad holding him upset. Yeah, I don't know. And the fact that he blocked it out of his memory for so long. I wonder what exactly triggered the memory. Yeah, there must have been something, whether it was like a dream or I mean, I'm making things up. But mm. yeah. We can only speculate. Right. There's probably so many different triggers for repressed memories. Yeah. Brooklyn's also very brave. The fact yeah, that she damn just girl. Didn't- all of this stuff happened, especially once the power goes out. That was only the second thing. There were other things after that. Yeah, mad props to her. I give her the awards. It also, of course, I, I'm thinking ghost naturally. Mm-hmm. But what if the, the power was out? <gasps> oh, what? Gosh. I'm just thinking, what if the power went out only at her house because they were being targeted? And then the person, when she sneezed, there was an intruder that said, bless you. Oh, I don't like that at all. I and she got out in time. I'd so much rather a ghost. Right? Now I would, although before I was terrified. But now that I'm thinking about it, that's also another possibility, Ugh. which is so yeah. creepy. Both are so creepy. Oh, my gosh. I was just re-listening to The Man in the Window, and they just released uh, actually an eighth episode where the male victims come out to talk about their experience. Oh, I need to, I need to it's listen to It's just, that. it's so hard to listen to because it's like, you can tell that this event, I mean, obviously completely just changed their lives and their relationships with people and the way their ability to just function in day-to-day life. It's just the worst thing to happen to a person. It's just so, yeah, it's so awful to think about it. And it's like when something bad, I mean, it's with anything bad that happens to anyone, whether it be death, whether it be illness, whether it be a murder, it affects, it has way more victims than just like the one or two people that you think of. Yeah. Like it, everything touches everything else. It's all a web and it affects, everything affects a bunch of people. So think before you act and please don't murder people. Yeah. Don't just keep your hands to yourself, please. Yeah. We learned that what, when we were like three so let's yeah, re- preschool? Yeah. reinstate that rule. Yeah. My mom actually had her car broken into recently. Like a bunch of people in her neighborhood did. And nothing had been stolen. But she was like, she keeps her garage opener in her car. And she was like, they could have got opened the garage and come mm-hmm. inside. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so And I was like, that's of. so scary. And I was like, you should lock your garage door, first of all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And she goes, well, sometimes I lock myself out. I'm like, okay, it's better that you be locked out and you find your spare key that I know you have somewhere than like a random stranger breaking and doing who knows what. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness that just ended I know. with the car breaking and nothing more. Wait, funny tidbit is that they like broke into her car and like a lot of their neighbors, people who had money in their consoles and that money was stolen. But my mom keeps her money hidden in a tampon box in her console and it wasn't touched. Like the tampon box like wasn't even moved because clearly it was like teenage boys. It was tampons. Teenage boys who were like, tampons, no. Oh my God. (laughs) Ah, tampons. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Brilliant. Made me laugh. That's hilarious. My parents didn't, it wasn't a break in, but um, they actually just a couple days ago, like New England had just, well, when this episode comes out, it'll be like a, a week and a half mm-hmm. ago, but there was crazy, crazy rain and windstorms. And in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. or like 1 a.m., they the alarm goes off in our house. And my parents are like, 
what's going on? Like motion detected. But it was this special signal that was basically saying like there was a water leakage and they were like, damn, we didn't even know we had this type of alarm. Like how is it detecting water movement? Oh my and so they go around the house and they're trying to figure out where the the detect or like where the sensor is coming from and they couldn't really figure it out. And they're downstairs in the basement and they finally realize that the water is leaking through the perimeter in the basement because the drains had been clogged with mud oh. from all of the like water and mud season that had happened. Oh, no. Um but anyway the the point of this story is it's like 1 a.m. They're down in the basement trying to deal with it. And so they miss the call from the security company. Oh, my gosh. And then like 10 minutes later, the doorbell rings and they're like, who the fuck is visiting our house at 2 a.m.? So they're like looking at the windows and stuff and realize it's our neighbor, Pete. <laughs> and so they open the door and Pete's like, hey, your security company called me. I must be listed as a backup. What's going on? How can I help? And they're like, Pete, Pete, like, go back to bed. Like, go go home. Thank you so much for checking on us. Like, it's just water leakage in the basement. And he's like, well, I'm already up. So let's do it. Oh, my God. For three hours in the middle of the night, our neighbor helps clear out everything in the basement. Whoa. Brings it all upstairs and, like, clears out the water. Wow. And I was like, good God. This is just, like, this is what happens when you're so friendly with your neighbors and close to your neighbors and live in like a small town in a small neighborhood. Your neighbors get called by your security company and they come over at 1 a.m. to help you with your flood. Wow, basement. that's a great neighbor. I know. So great. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to do another email from another Emily. Emily, Emily, is this the Emily episode? This is, but this is a Ouija board experience and her subject line says, I did what you said not to. Dear Corinne and Sabrina, to start out with, I would like to say that I love listening to the podcast because you guys provide me with the guaranteed spooky spooks. And listen, I'm a cat mama as well, Sabrina, so I understand the love for Leia. Thank you. My cousin Richard passed away in a car accident when he was 10 years old. It was a massive tragedy that completely devastated my father's side of the family. This happened in 2004. So if Richard were still alive, he would have just turned 25 this February. To start out with, I've always been kind of a skeptic. I enjoy extremely scary things. The horror genre is my favorite, but I've just always enjoyed these stories because they scared me. But they were just stories, right? Never in my life have I ever had any type of paranormal experience. However, after listening to your podcast for a couple of months, I developed the hankering to use a Ouija board. What? Why? This is the opposite of what should happen. The one thing we say not to. Oh, gosh. She says, great idea. And we give so many <laughs> examples of why you shouldn't just willy-nilly use a board yeah. for no reason. But sometimes there's an urge and, you know, it's... It's hard not to scratch that itch. Yeah. Okay. She says, great idea. Right? I'd never used one before. And I'd attempted to make them as a kid and mess with my friends, but I never actually attempted a seance of any kind. Well, I happened to be at a friend's house discussing the fact that I had been wanting to get a Ouija board and her sister overheard our conversation. She had just gotten a Ouija board that day at a garage sale and ended up just giving the board to me because she said she had never even intended to actually use it. And this board ended up being from 1972. I'm not sure if that makes any difference. I had been driving around with, with my sister, remembering that I had the Ouija board in the trunk of my car and told her it was there. I asked, when are we doing it? Her response, tonight. So my sister and I had attempted to talk to a few spirits. We had spoken to one that identified themselves as Nanjay and was Chief Tame's father and another that said that they were a nine-year-old girl named Didi. There wasn't ever really strong conversation between either of these spirits and my sister decided she wanted to move into her art studio because she thought that the dogs might be disrupting the spirits because they are extremely loud beasts. We had gotten out an old antique camera that had once belonged to our great-grandmother who passed away quite a while ago. We began the process, explained the board that we only wished to speak with positive spirits, and we requested that any negative spirits or energy that were in the room would leave the house because they were not welcome. Which sounds great, but I'm a little nervous that this isn't right, that this isn't going to turn mm -hmm. out well. It took a while for things to start escalating. At first, I got a response that 
Yes, there was someone there. I requested, can you spell out your name? And the board moved to G-A-S-A-E-K, which made absolutely no sense. I asked, are you a girl? Bored. No. I asked, are you a boy? Bored. Yes. I asked, are you an adult? Bored. No. I asked, are you a child? Bored. Yes. I asked, how old are you? Bored. Hovering between nine and zero. I asked, are you nine? Bored. No. I started to think of what came after nine, so I asked, are you ten? Bored. Yes. Oh, okay. I feel better. Okay. I asked, are you related to us? Bored. Yes. I asked, (gasps) do you have siblings? Bored. S-I-S-T-E-R-S. I asked, how many sisters do you have? Bored. Three. At this point, my heart is racing and I'm almost literally shitting my pants. My cousin Richard had three sisters, Summer, Christine, and Angela. My sister is a bawling mess, refusing to even look at the board as the planchette is moving because she's so terrified. I asked, do you have any brothers? Bored. No. Richard was the only son of my aunt and uncles. I asked, can you spell your dad's name for me? Bored. J-O-E. His father's name is Joe. I asked, oh my God. can you spell your mom's name for me? Bored. K-E-L-L-Y. His mother's name is Kelly. I asked, can you spell your name for me? Bored. R-I-C-H-A-R-D. I announced, it's been a long time, Richard. <gasps> and the board spelt out, I-D-I-E-D. I died. Oh, This conversation went on for over an hour and I did not know what to make of any of it. We had my phone set up recording everything because we didn't have someone to take notes. Richard requested that I tell his mother that he misses her and that he's with her all the time. The only problem with this is how do you tell your estranged aunt something like that? There is so much mess in my family, way too much to explain right now, but I see my aunt maybe once every couple of years. I do think she's a very sweet woman, especially after everything that's happened in her life. However, a while later into the board, the planchette starts moving and spelling out Z-O-O-M repeatedly. Z-O-O-M, Z-O-O-M, Z-O-O-M. I asked, do you want me to zoom in with the camera? Bored, yes. I said, I can't move my hands off the planchette because it can break the connection. Bored, Z-O-O-M-N-O-W. Zoom now. I removed my hands from the planchette and zoomed my camera in as far as it would let me. I had asked if my sister was allowed to ask questions as well earlier on, and it had said yes. So my sister starts asking questions now. My sister asks, are we zoomed in on the right spot? Bored. No. My sister. Should we zoom in the corner by the door? Bored. No. My sister. Should I zoom in in the corner behind me? Bored. Yes. No, Uh, no, not behind you. I removed my hands from the planchette again and moved the camera to face that corner. I placed my hands back onto the planchette and it slowly started to move up to the left corner and stop right over the sun symbol. I took this as my cousin trying to say hi, that even though we can't see him, we know he's right there. Again, we talked a while longer with Richard, but he was missing his mom and wanted to go back. So we said goodbye and ended the seance. I still have not been brave enough to go back and watch the entire video of what we recorded. I watched the first 28 minutes with my sister, but deep down, I'm terrified I'll see something on the camera, and I'm also worried that I'll be disappointed if I don't. There is another great story that I have that just recently happened, but I'll send it to you in a separate email. Thanks so much for what you guys do. See you on the other side, Emily. Oh my God. I don't know (laughs) the appropriate response to this. Because I have such bad chills and I'm so freaked out. But also at the same time, I know we should be like, oh my gosh, it's a relative. How sweet. But just the zooming in and the thought of what's on the camera really, really gets under my skin. I really want to see it. I I don't. I know. It's it's crazy because, okay, I, the whole time in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. And I went through so many emotions with that because I feel like nothing bad happened. It was really how remarkable to talk to your deceased relative in such a clear way and it felt so positive like they don't mention any 
feelings of fear or anything. But then like when the Zoom, I thought there was going to be something scary behind it. And then like Z-O, I thought Zozo. Oh, God. I know. Usually when it's a Ouija board, like, oh, I did something you told me not to. It's usually much much (laughs) worse. But that actually was not a connection with a deceased relative who died at such a young age. And I'm glad she got to spend time talking to Richard, though it does. I can't get over the whole like zoom in behind your sister or anything. Me neither. That creeps me out. I would probably destroy the tapes. I would not want to see what was on there. I don't know. Emily, I... I've already listened to a haunted voicemail, so send me this video. I will I will watch it for you. Okay, but like please label in the email that it's for Sabrina's eyes only. <laughs> Corinne, you're not gonna click on it on the video. I'm not trying to be haunted up in here. I'm trying to live a nice, peaceful life. Out in the woods with your long ass hair. With my long ass hair. Which maybe is what Taylor's trying to do, too, because we have an email from our listener Taylor titled, Why Does This Keep Happening to Me? Oh, no. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I'm an avid fan of the show and listen to you girls, schools, girls on my commute. <laughs> I've had many encounters with the paranormal, but the first one that I want to share actually happened to my mom. She was working in her office late one night at around 12 a.m. and was alone. All of a sudden, she heard glass shattering in another room. She immediately was worried that someone was breaking in and was terrified that if this person found her, it would not end well. Before she could do anything, she heard noises coming from the kitchen that was right next to her office. She could hear Mm -mm. cupboards opening and slamming shut, and the tables and chairs were being moved across the floor. The worst part is what she described as, quote, bodies hitting the floor. What? As if they were crawling through the window (gasps) and falling inside no oh my god i just had a heart attack i think i i might have i'm in the hotel and something either the air just kicked on at the same time the fridge did there's a lot of noises right now that's probably what happened she moved slowly towards her door and softly closed and locked it as soon as she did she heard footsteps pacing on the other side and a final loud bang Oh, my gosh. Once the cops showed up, they all began to understand what really happened. The glass shattering was a light bulb that had exploded. It had been turned off for hours, and the glass shards were found in weird places like around the corners where it couldn't have possibly reached. The kitchen looked untouched, and the window was closed. But they discovered the loud bang was caused by a picture being thrown off of the wall (gasps) and landing on the other side of the hallway. What the heck? The crazy thing is that we were able to get the 911 call recording and you can hear everything happening in the background. (gasps) Oh, my God. Just how my mom described it. (gasps) Chills, chills, chills. Whoa. For a few weeks after that, my mom would find the framed photo of me in her office laying face down. Oh, my God. No. I'm one of three kids and my other siblings' pictures were left alone. (laughs) Oh, no. Needless to say, I have never and will never step foot in that office again. And then Taylor sent to follow up. Okay, so follow up. I was telling my mom about the podcast and sharing her encounter with you guys. And turns out there's more to the story and it's a big one. Oh, no. That night after the poltergeist activity at the office, she was driving home on the backcountry roads and felt an overwhelming negative presence in the back seat. She said she felt frozen as she began to feel a hand grab her shoulder from behind and she couldn't freak out because she had to keep driving so she firmly said you do not have permission to be here and whatever it was didn't bother her again whoa so yeah pretty big detail to leave out mom wow (laughs) hope you guys enjoyed reading and i'm looking forward to sharing more of my experiences with you too see you on the other side taylor that's terrifying where the heck does your mom work taylor I know we probably can't post the 911 recording to our podcast because it probably has all this personal information, but I want to hear it. I don't. Again, <laughs> please say for Sabrina's eyes only. I'm playing a dangerous that game would be now. Appreciative. Sabrina's going to be possessed and I'm not going to know it for a while and something bad's going to happen. Don't say that. Let's all play a game. Let's be really aware of Sabrina's <laughs> mental state. <laughs> Let's all pay careful attention and help each other out here. With just me checking on. With just you. Making sure I'm okay. you're the one that's... I mean, if Zach Bacon's is okay, I think you'll be okay. Exactly. 
Is he okay, though? You're starting to be like, you're starting to turn into exactly the person that you yell at and say, don't do that. Don't provoke. I'm not provoking. Seek it out. I'm just looking at some. I'm just listening. You're seeking it out. But I guess that's what we that's do. That's what we we're say doing. Email us your ghost stories. That's what this podcast is. But that's crazy. Like, what is this entity, and why is it? Oh my god! All of the sounds and like the crawling and the bodies hitting the floor. The bodies hitting the floor. That is what really. Oh, that's so terrifying. Out. I'm so glad the cops came. It sounds like the cops were pretty cool about it and didn't kind of look down on her for. Yeah. Her. I mean, it's in the background of the recording too. Right. Right, you can't deny oh that. Oh my god, I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'd offer my apartment, but you are um, allergic. Okay. <laughs> I picked some lighter stories this week. I don't know what I did. Maybe I am. Thank God. Taking over. Okay. This is from Adrian, and she says, Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. My name is Adrian, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm a new listener to your podcast. This is like a year ago now. So, hey, you're no longer new. You're a longtime phantom. Seasoned. Spicy. Hopefully not haunted. Hopefully. Not more haunted than what we're about to hear about. She says, I believe you guys might be interested in my story. So here goes. From the moment I could comprehend my surroundings, I've had vivid memories of supernatural experiences. At the age of five, I remember seeing a man walk into my room. My younger self thought it was just my dad checking in on me, but now that I recall what I saw, it definitely was not my dad that was climbing on my ceiling through my window to check up on me. Oh my gosh. Shit. Holy shit. Holy All right, shit. Buckle up, you guys. Oh my this, God. Why are we, re- why do we do this? As I just said, I may have picked a nice one, but I don't know. Buckle up, everyone. Okay. As I grew older, things like that just became kind of normal for me. I saw a lot of shadow people out of the corner of my eye. I saw things move on their own. I had been grabbed, touched, and scratched on a number of occasions. And my mom is a spiritual type, and I had always gravitated towards that as well. It was strange, though, how I connected with spirituality and openness to different energy more than my other three siblings. Maybe it was my openness that brought the spirits to me. After all, it was only my mother and me that ever experienced anything. I grew up through junior high experiencing little things here and there, but I knew how to just deal with it and I never really let it get too close. I had protection techniques and whatnot. But then we get to high school and a good friend of mine passed away halfway through my first year of high school. I wasn't as close to him as some people were, but his passing affected me deeply. The night he passed, I could tell something was off. My phone had died, so I was charging it in my room while I participated in family game night downstairs. Nonetheless, I had this sickening feeling. And I go to check my phone and it is blowing up with calls and texts. My friends have been trying to reach me for hours at this point and I hadn't answered. I was so devastated and I can feel my energy draining out of my body when I heard the news. That night was so incredibly dreadful, not only because my friend was gone, but because I could feel him sitting on my bed with me. I felt his presence and I smelt his cologne. I was silently crying in both grief and fear, too ridden with emotion to move. When I woke up the next morning, every drawer, window, door, and box was open and rummaged through. There was a scribbling on my whiteboard. He was trying to get through to me, but I had blocked him out. I slept with my grandparents for the whole next week. I still feel guilty about it. Little events here and there continued. But then we get to this most recent summer. So now a year ago now. I am currently getting ready to go into my second year of university, and I am catching up with some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. The three of us together was never good news because spirits attached to the two other girls all the time. And then when the three of us all got together, it was like something clicked and weird things happen on a larger scale. I don't really know why. Anyway, like the idiots we are, we decide we are going to do a Ouija board for the first time. We make our own by haphazardly scribbling one on a piece of paper and using a ring as our communication piece. We also have a notebook to write down whatever is said. We get to it and we start asking questions, but we're getting random letters and numbers and strange words here and there, but nothing's making sense. So we go for a broader question. Us. Is there more than one of you? Board. Yes. Us. Are you trying to talk to one person here? Board. No. Us. Are you fighting over the board? Board. Yes. 
We were shocked, but we came up with a plan. Oh, us. We are open to those wishing to speak to friend one. Immediately, we get straightforward answers. We connect with her ancestors and various members of her family that had recently passed away. And then we move on to friend two. And it's the same. Just various people that knew friend two in life. Overall, nothing too concerning considering the nature of our friend group and how we used to experience this stuff all the time as kids. Then it got to me. It started with my friend from high school that was gone. Then came along my friend from the first year of uni who had tragically died by suicide in the university library that year previous. But then something strange happened. The board began to scramble again. We made out something about my health, something to do with my brain. We spent the next hour trying to make some sense through the chaos. The air was so thick it felt hard to breathe, and all the candles we had lit refused to stay lit. There was more about doctors and more about my health, but there was one message that was resilient. A need doctor. Doctor can't do anything for A. It was unsettling to say the least. That was in late June. It's early September now. I've had CT scans, MRIs, blood work, x-rays, everything done. The doctors still don't know what's wrong with my head. I see a psychologist regularly that can't give an answer or diagnosis for my strange swings or episodes of disassociation. Sometimes I don't have control over my own body. The voices in my head just get worse. It's not spirits, but me going crazy. But hey, I guess I can't say I didn't see it coming. I guess those are the biggest events that I have experienced. They all occur at crucial points in my life. Funny enough, it makes sense though. Just the other week, my mother admitted to me that my great-grandfather was a spiritual medicine healer during the Second World War. Maybe it just gets passed down. Who knows? But yeah, that's me, I guess. Feel free to use. You guys are super great, and I hope you keep up the awesome work. Thanks again, Adrian. I I almost, I never thought I'd say this, but I almost want her to make contact again to be like, do the spirits have new advice on doctor visits? Right. Yeah, I'm so curious. Because maybe the doctors won't be able to help initially, but maybe there's some other clue. Yeah, Especially because they were so insistent about about it in the first place. Right. Yeah, I'm so curious. Also, how scary to receive that message to know that or to be told that the doctor can't do yeah, anything. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, from the other side, the other side is telling you this. That seems like the all knowing side. Yes, it's terrifying, but I think it's amazing that she listened to it and has been going to doctors and I'm sure it's very frustrating that no one can give her an answer but I feel like it's so easy to get a warning or a message and be like no no no, I'm fine I don't need it I don't need to do I don't need they're just trying to scare me or whatever so I I really admire the fact that she's going and trying to figure it out I'd be curious to know more about if this is like did her great-grandfather have something similar you know like is this experience she's having something that other people in her family have had wow okay but another ouija board story that's not terrible but i still don't encourage it this is from Catherine. it's called possibly poltergeist possibly heartwarming possibly attempted kidnapping what oh that's a lot of i'm not sure how to feel about this i know a, a possible poltergeist Possibly heartwarming and also possibly attempted kidnapping. Are these all connected so, or is it three separate things? Because we are okay. about to find okay. out. I'll shut up. Hi, girls, swirls. I just wanted to let you know how much I love your podcast. I'm living alone for the first time this summer. And it's always lovely to listen to you guys to make my apartment feel a little less empty and maybe a little more <laughs> spooky. As a fellow 20-something girl and proud ZTA alum, listening to y'all is like listening to a conversation between my friends. Now it's story time. Both of the stories I'm writing about are my mother's. Maybe I have a theme of mother's stories. Yeah, I feel like we tie to each other's themes and I'm always so impressed with us when we do that. But Mm -hmm. It's unintentional. It's just that a lot of our listeners experience things in the paranormal realm that are semi-related. Okay. Uh, My mom, brother, and I are sensitive to energies, people, rooms, homes, beings on the other side, the whole nine yards. However, most 
of the blatant spoopy mm-hmm. shit happens to my mom. She's very nonchalant about her experiences, but they are some of the most compelling experiences I've ever heard. For a little backstory, my family is from the mountains of North Carolina, which, much like the rest of the Appalachian, it's not uncommon for people to live in very secluded areas with miles of forest between you and your neighbors. When my mom first moved to the mountains, she lived at the top of a mountain peak with just her husband. My mom is particular, to say the least. Every day before she leaves for work, all of the clothes are in the proper place, all beds are made, no wrinkles, dishes are clean, and cabinets and closets are all shut. She and her husband would both leave in the morning and would be gone for the entire day, not even coming home for lunch. However, frequently, my mom would come back to the closets being open, dishes in the kitchen moved around, and her bed looking like someone took a nap in it, but all of the valuables were untouched. Unbothered, she would just adjust everything back into her liking Mm. and move on with her evening. While she never heard or saw anything move around while she was in the house, coming home to a mess was a common occurrence for her for as long as she lived there. She told herself it was just a poltergeist, and for some reason, that was comforting to her. What? Yeah. Because it's better than the thought of someone repeatedly breaking in, maybe. That's true. Which I guess is true, but both are profoundly unsettling. Yeah, 100%. Didn't realize. Break-ins. Ghostly break-ins, human break-ins, squirrel break-ins. I'll invite a cat break-in. And water breaking into my parents' basement. And your mom getting a car break-in. Break-ins. The second story can either be seen as heartwarming or absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I think it's the latter. <laughs> Before my brother was born, my mom moved to another house on a different mountain, but it was equally as secluded as the first. My brother had been walking since he was eight months old and was notorious for being a mischievous baby who required constant supervision. When he was about two, maybe younger, I don't know, I wasn't alive yet, his favorite toy was his little fake BB lawnmower. It makes noise as it rolls. Mm -hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My mom came upstairs from organizing the basement. She sees her husband, but my brother and his lawnmower are nowhere in sight. After a quick exchange of, what the fuck, I thought he was with you, from both parties, and a search of the house, my mom runs out the door. She heads down the winding driveway, calling his name, and after a few hundred feet, she starts hearing the popping noise of the lawnmower. She runs the corner and sees my brother walking his happy little butt down the driveway, having a grand old time. My mom calls out his name, tells him that he can't leave the house like that, and that he needs to turn around and come home. He looks at her and says, (laughs) okay, mama, and turns back around. Looks at the sky, waves, and says, bye, mister, and walks back to my mom. (gasps) Honestly, at this point, might as well throw the whole kid away and start from scratch. (laughs) Joking, of course. I love my brother most of the time. My mom thinks it was her father's spirit watching over my brother as he went on his little adventure. I, on the other hand think it was something a little more sinister but i guess we'll never know for sure (laughs) i hope you all enjoy my mom's spooky experiences stay out of the woods and see you on the other side Catherine. oh my gosh i love how her mom is just like yeah these really weird scary things are happening but it's fine it's fine everything's fine actually i saw that halloween costume which was so good that someone dressed up as that meme of the dog with fire like drinking coffee with fire all around Oh, my God, that coffee, the fire. Oh, my God, so good. That's such a good meme. I use that too much because it feels like it's my life. (laughs) But I think it's so interesting because I was talking about it actually with someone today about how I feel like when paranormal things happen, it's so often the person trying to go through every way that it's not a ghost and like rationalize. No, 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 it's just this. It's just this. But I love that her mom is like, it's not this type of ghost, but it's this and it's fine. Yeah, it's not a person mm-hmm. breaking in. It's just a poltergeist. It's not a creepy guy walking my child hundreds of yards away from my house and my husband on top of a secluded mountain with the nearest mm-hmm. neighbor hundreds of yards away. It's just yes. maybe a relative. So funny. 
So funny. But you cannot deny that it's a spirit when the child looks to the sky, waves, and says, bye, mister. Yes, 100%. I do like the idea that it's her father, her mom's father, so her grandfather. I know. I like the the thought that he wasn't being led away, but instead maybe he just went himself and the it was the grandfather or father just being like, I'm going to supervise you here. Guess what? We have more stories. We're not done. All right, I have one from Sammy. It's called My Bitchy Ghost Roommate. When I was in grad school, I lived alone in an apartment that occupied half of the first floor of an old house. The apartment was kind of narrow and long, and if you were in a specific chair in the living room, you could look through a doorway into the kitchen, dining room, and then into the hallway and bedroom in the back. So one afternoon, I had a friend from work come over and visit with one of her friends who I had only met a couple of times. We hung out for a couple of hours, watched some TV, and then they left. A few days later, my friend came up to me at work and said, Hannah, who was her friend, said the weirdest thing to me the other day when we left your house. She said, Sammy's roommate is a bitch. And I was like, what the actual fuck? So she continues to explain that Hannah saw a young woman come out of the back bedroom and into the kitchen. She grabbed a glass of water from the cupboard to get a drink of water. She drank it, then rinsed and dried the glass and returned it to the cupboard and then walked back into the bedroom, all while fiercely glaring at Hannah the (gasps) entire time. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Fuck no. Rightfully so. This terrified me to no end. I kept listening for noises and waiting for some bitchy apparition to show her face. I never so much as heard a noise that couldn't be explained away as it was just an old house. But at the same time, I can't imagine her friend making that up for no reason at all. Fast forward a couple of months, I decided to move into a different house with some friends on the other side of town. My best friend came and stayed with me at the apartment for a final weekend of BFF mayhem before I moved out. We spent the day eating Sunday cones and watching movies. I went to bed relatively early and said goodnight to my BFF, who was all snuggled on the couch with my dog. About five minutes after I get settled in, I hear my dog go nuts and start growling like crazy. Then everything calmed down, so I assumed my dog was just reacting to someone on the sidewalk in front of my house. A few weeks later, my best friend said that she needed to tell me about something that happened at my old apartment that she hadn't yet told me about because she didn't want to scare me. Apparently, the night that she was there, after I went to bed, she was flipping through the channels when my dog jumped off the couch and ran to the chair in the corner, was facing her and growling, which is the growling I heard. She realized he wasn't growling at her. He was growling at the semi-transparent man that was sitting on the floor, leaned up against the couch. He was wearing a white t-shirt and jeans and was watching the TV. When she jumped out of shock, he turned his head, looked right at her, then back at the TV, and the entire apparition just disappeared from the outside in, like how an old TV turns off. The whole ordeal was over in less than a minute, and my dog jumped back off the chair and back into the couch with my friend. I was so unbelievably happy that I had moved and that my BFF waited until I did to tell me that story. One ghost you can explain away, but two from two people that don't even know each other, that's a little harder to talk yourself out of believing. From Sammy. Uh, Okay. So many thoughts. First (laughs) thought, initial thought, while that girl was being a bitchy roommate and staring down Hannah, let's take a moment to clap for this roommate for actually being a great roommate. She washed and dried and put away her cup after using it immediately although i noticed that. that she just rinsed it that's true ew that's pretty gross yeah so she's not i wonder if it was something i hate to cry out carbon monoxide poisoning but i wonder if maybe there was like a young couple living there or something and they're just kind of going about their routine and are super or maybe this is one of those glitches in the matrix where they're yes they're maybe seeing themselves maybe seeing like an apparition or hearing a noise like this guy in a white shirt and in jeans and then this girl grabbing the water might just like think that they see something and are just like staring at this one spot or like looking to see like where the hell did that noise come from but they look like the ghosts even though they're experiencing the same thing in their own plane yeah so wild i really don't know I'm really scared. 
That will, okay. No, if that is the case, it makes actually a lot of sense because if they on their other plane were seeing the like versions of the people that were living in Sammy's life in the way that they were seeing these entities, like they would be totally weirded out. So this bitchy roommate would totally glare like evil daggers at Hannah because it's like, right. what the hell are and you doing? Nonstop eye contact too would be like, holy shit, there's a ghost in my apartment. I'm not going to take my eyes off of it. Yeah. Is this real? Oh my god! I'm gosh. just going to rinse my cup and put it back and pretend like none of this was happening. Wait, that's, this is amazing. Now I'm not scared by it at all. I'm so fascinated by why this house specifically has. Oh my god. You're not scared of it, but I have chills like <laughs> they keep rippling through my body. I'm going to grow leg hair like five inches long out just from this email. Oh, my gosh. Well, join me because I'm a hairy beast. Oh, man. Okay. I have one to end on, though. I wish I had picked out something a little more lighthearted after all of these. <laughs> we don't do that here. I started with lighthearted. Okay. Um, this is from RJ. It is called Black Eyed Kids. Oh my gosh. Hi, ladies. Still love the podcast. Here is a little story from my teenage years. Hope you like it. When I had just recently turned 16, which is strange to think it was over 20 years ago. That's over two decades, by the way. But enough about how my back hurts right now because I'm almost 40. My parents had given me the keys to their car and permission to take a trip up to our cabin in the woods. The cabin was about three hours and 8,000 feet in elevation away. It was the perfect way to get away from the hot Arizona summers, and I invited a girl, let's call her Esmeralda, from school, who I was attempting to woo and was very excited about the three-hour ride up. I saw it as a chance to finally seal the deal. Haha, <laughs> okay, I was 16, all right? So my uncle and cousins were going up there to meet us, and we wouldn't be alone. Good play, mom and dad. However, when we arrived, there were no cars on the property and the cabin was dark. We didn't have a key, so we were stuck outside. This was also before cell phones, so we could not just give my uncle a call to see where they were. We decided to walk a half mile down to the nearest lodge slash restaurant to use the payphone. Mind you, we were walking in the middle of the woods by the light of the moon, romantic except we're in a place where we have spotted bears often. Luckily, I knew the trail like the back of my hand, so getting lost was not a concern, but who knows what else was out there. We arrived without incident, and I got a hold of my parents. They said that my uncle was supposed to be up there already, and that they had not heard any differently. My dad knew that he could not leave us outside alone, so he reluctantly told me about the hidden key beneath the porch. But he emphasized to not answer the door. Don't let anyone in, and no funny business. So to set the scene a little, Esmeralda, a very cute girl, and I were alone in a big cabin in the middle of the woods. The cabin has windows from floor to ceiling to take advantage of the view, since it's up high on a hill overlooking the valley. Sounds great, except when there are only two of you, and with the lights on, everything outside can see you, but you cannot see outside. We got our luggage unpacked and sat down to watch a movie. A VHS, by the way. Then, the weirdness started to happen. We started hearing noises from outside of the cabin. This would often happen at night, with raccoons and sometimes bears going through the garbage. I temporarily turned off the lights to be able to see outside, and I couldn't see anything, so we went back to watching the movie and the lights back on, of course. Just then, I saw a glimpse out of the corner of my eye that looked like a face. But when I looked over, there was nothing there. I chalked it up to my mind playing tricks on me. About ten minutes later, we were back to cuddling and watching the movie again, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught what I thought was a child-sized figure walk past one of the windows. My first thought was, Chucky, but a little too big to be Chucky. Then someone knocked on the door. So many things went through my head. Maybe my uncle had forgotten his key. Maybe it was the neighbor needing help. We all knew all of the neighbors around us. Maybe the faces and the figures that I had seen in the window were just a part of my imagination. Or maybe it really was Chucky. Before going to the door, I peeked out the kitchen window to see if I could catch a glimpse of the visitor. The only thing I saw was a small boy standing at the bottom of the porch. The porch was a forest green color, just like the rest of the cabin, with about eight steps up to the front door. With my angle, I could only see the small boy standing with his head down. I could not see the front door or who would have knocked. 
The small boy freaked me out just being there. I mean, why would a boy this small be in the middle of the woods and why would he not be up by the front door? Also, it was 30-something degrees out by this time, so why was this little kid in a t-shirt with no shoes? Against my better judgment, I went to the front door. Esmeralda was at the end of the hallway as she wanted nothing to do with it, and when I opened the door, there was an older boy, I'd say about 10 on the porch, and the other smaller boy about 6. Neither were wearing shoes. The older boy asked, Please, sir, can we come in as we are cold and lost? At this point, I got the weirdest feeling that I shouldn't let these boys in. Also, if something had happened to them and they really were lost, why the hell were they so damn calm about it? I looked over to Esmeralda and she was shaking her head, no. A part of me wanted to see what this was all about, but the other part of me was pretty freaked out, freaked out like hell. I said, no, I don't think so, kids, but there is a lodge about a half mile down the trail. They can get you warm and get some food. Then the older boy lifted his head and smiled. His eyes had no color. It was like they were all pupil, all black. The worst part is that when I looked at them, it was like they drew me in. Esmeralda said, hey, just tell them to go away. They freak me out. I told them it wasn't going to happen, and the older boy said, why, you let us in before. I told them that wasn't me, and I slammed the door. I had no idea what he was talking about. Letting them in before? This had been the first time I had ever seen or felt anything like that. So first and foremost, talk about a mood killer. About an hour or so later, my uncle and his family arrived. I guess they had forgotten something and had to go back home. I wasn't sure whether to mention anything about the visitors, but when my uncle asked if everything had gone all right, I explained the situation. He immediately asked if I had let them in, and I said no. And he was so relieved. I mentioned that they were very forceful and mentioned that they had been invited in before. My uncle told us about the time when my grandma and aunt were in the cabin alone, and the kids showed up that same way. My grandma could not resist the little kids stuck out in the cold and she brought them in. Her and my aunt had said that the whole time they were there, they were acting really spooky and that the kids did not lift their heads the whole time. My grandma said that finally the kids left, but they had left something behind. Every night, my aunt and grandma were awoken by beds shaking and sleep paralysis. The chandelier would circulate with no wind and the cabin did not have AC or heat. The TV even blew up while it wasn't even on. One time, during the bed shaking, my grandma actually woke up to an apparition doing the shaking and laughing at her. They ended up having a church leader come in and bless the cabin a couple of times. After that, there hasn't been anything worth noting. Still, everything that I see out of the corner of my eye makes my hair stand up and I get ready to take on a 10-year-old, quote, child from RJ. Wow. Um, I was going to say when, when his dad was like, don't let anyone in lock the doors, it totally sounded like he had an experience or he knew something. I know. That's so creepy. Like, why? What is it? Hell no. I'm glad that no one, I'm glad that like, yeah, that's terrifying all of the paranormal activity that they had and like the entity kind of like dancing around her, but it's better than. I don't know, something like really horrible and long lasting having happened to them. That's so true. It's just like super creepy that the kids were actually going around and casing the joint, you know, instead of just going straight up to the door and ringing the doorbell. Like they kept, RJ kept seeing them walking around and actually watching he and Esmeralda inside. I keep thinking I'm seeing things inside (laughs) this hotel room. Yeah. I think it's probably time for bed. Oh my gosh, you guys are so terrifying. But before we go to bed, we would like to say thank you to all of you for supporting us and for listening to our podcast. And we will see you on the other side.